When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Reese Plumbing. Designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. It's the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott and Justin Marshall on SCNZ. Kia ora folks, welcome into the show. It's bang on 10am on a Saturday morning. That means the Saturday session is here and a big part of that of course is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show for this hour. We'll weave our way through the wonderful world of Super Rugby. Justin Marshall is our, our fearless leader when it comes to co- contributing every uh, week. The former All Black uh, great and Sky Sports commentator will be along with us in a merry second or so. The Saturday session rolls off, uh, rolls on after 11am. Grant Elliott, good morning to you sir. Good morning and welcome back, Daniel. Gee, you where were you? I don't even know where you were. I was Everyone on the was west asking. coast of the South Island. With the, uh, you mentioned I went bush. 38 other Makati. Yeah, well, we didn't really go bush. We uh, went, went to some you know, wonderful site and destroyed it over a week. It just sounds like, is that why you went to the west coast? It's the <laughs> sort of place that you know it goes under the radar if you do exactly. destroy it. Exactly, yeah. Um, How was it? We've been banned from many other provinces. <laughs> we're just ticking them off one by one. I think the coasters, because they're such warm, welcoming people, quite enjoyed us. So we might have to go back. Yeah, did you go to uh, Sturgeon Park? Not yet. No, I didn't. I didn't make it to oh. Sturgeon Park. Remember when I drove past it? And yeah. I said I was going to go there, and I was like, oh, no, we're seven minutes past it in the camper van. That's, the, that's coming up this year. Did, did you guys cope all right last week, though? Uh, we did. We did. I was just questioning myself where you were, what you were doing. Um, not even a phone call in, you know. So I knew you were really, really busy. But with 38 <laughs> Makati's, I can imagine. Terrible reception. Skinny dipping in the West Coast Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we don't want the audience and the listeners to turn off. We don't want Justin Marshall to hang up. <laughs> no, uh, after that visual Im- imagery. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Marshall. Good morning to you, Daniel, and uh, also you, Grant. Uh, we can't hear yeah, him. He has hung up. He has go. hung up. There you go. He's literally hung up on us. Uh, we certainly hope that is uh, not the case. Uh, he's there, but we can't hear him. So that would make it uh, reasonably challenging uh, for us to have a conversation. But I will say this, Justin, if you can hear us, <laughs> love your work in Aussie. He's still over there. What a, what a place. Let's take two. Good morning, Justin Marshall, with fingers crossed. You know, when that happens, you reluctantly say little. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. morning. Good morning. Justin. Do we find you well? Oh, you, you, you would have spent some time. You would have spent some time on the West Coast to know how wonderful, what a wonderful part of their country that is and, and how welcoming they are to city slickers. Absolutely have. Uh, we used to do a lot of pre-season um, work over there with the Crusaders, actually, uh, which was always a highlight of the season going over there and 
theming your year and um, getting amongst the locals. Uh, but I must admit, uh, and I'm very grateful for it as well, there was no skinny dipping going on. So, Daniel, you're well ahead of what we were used to get up to. <laughs> where, where did you used to stay, Justin? Because that was my first taste of when I, when I first arrived in New Zealand, arrived in Christchurch, couldn't break into the Canterbury team. They wouldn't let me. Uh, but mm. we went to the West Coast, and um, I remember we stayed at a hotel. It was more motel, but it was a lot of fun. We, I think it was called the Black Swan. Been there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, In Westport. Yeah, we, we, we frequented quite a lot of those, well, those pubs um, for team building <laughs> purposes, Grant. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, no, basically we, we, we scattered ourselves right around that whole area. So, uh, beautiful part of the world, like it is just really simply is. outstanding, breathtaking at times. And, um, it was, it's, it's really refreshing to get amongst the locals and out and about in, in those places. Well, West is the theme of the show. Then we'll go West coast. We'll go to the West Island, shall we? Cause, uh, the focus has been, uh, in Australia over the last uh, couple of weeks. We had two games last night. Um, Justin, I don't know how you were feeling heading into to round number two when, if we just look back at the score lines last weekend, there did seem to be that ever-present gap between the New Zealand sides and the Australians. Well, last night uh, certainly wasn't the case as I, I thought the Reds and Force really did handle themselves quite well. That might sound a little bit patronising because they've ultimately gone down. Yeah, you're right though because I think probably ultimately... What we want is the balance to be right. We, we want, obviously, our New Zealand teams to continue to do well and to continue to dominate um, because that, that flows on to, to international, hopefully. Uh, so you always want that sort of form to continue. But I guess for the, the competition, you want to be able to sit down and watch the games and also know that you're going to get a genuine contest, that the result can be in the balance and, and that you're going to get competitiveness and you don't want to tune in knowing what the score, well, not what the score is going to be, but what the result inevitably is going to be. So the fact that the competitiveness is much better, I think, is, is really good and healthy for the competition. Um, look, I certainly thought uh, last weekend, even though the score lines didn't suggest it as much as the two score lines last night, even last week there were signs that the yeah. Australian teams have improved and, 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 and are much more competitive and that, you know, we weren't going to get massive, massive blowouts like we had been getting in the past. So I wasn't surprised to see uh, that they were that they were equally as competitive in the two games last night. I certainly did not see the Force uh, Blues game playing out the way that it played out, though. That was truly remarkable, the way that that game finished up. Yeah, we'll get on to that. Let's start off with the Chiefs-Reds first up. Took a while for some scoring action, didn't it? Uh, I think in the 31st minute, was Kreider makes that break. Uh, the, the Reds sort of pepper the line. Then they fall over the line. I thought they'd lost it, Justin. I, I thought it was a knock-on. Um, maybe my one Kiwi eye, eye is open there. You feel there was enough control to award that? Yeah, I did. Yep. Uh, look, it's it's one of those ones where... It's debatable whether or not there actually has been control, but I think the way that the law is interpreted, you can hear them referees mm. discussing it with the TMO quite clearly, that they certainly felt that there was, yes, uh, um, that, the, the, that the fact that they were questioning whether or not he had full control, but there was no separation. So 
it's not as if it's left his body. So it's, right. it's, a, it's a dubious one, I, I think. Yeah, look, I, whether they got the right result or not, um, I understand how they got to where they got to under the law. Um, but yeah, look, uh, I, I think it wasn't surprising to see see that happen because uh, it was quite quite evident, and I know that the players said that it was it was this way as well. That the ball was bloody hard to control. I've been yeah in that environment before when you get one of those nights in Queensland where it's really really humid, um, and because of that, uh, the, the players just sweat like nothing else. The ball becomes literally like a cake of soap, and. Uh, Unfortunately for the games, the spectacle was riddled with errors. Uh, yep. It was a hard watch. And then both teams obviously got the message that, you know, trying to use the ball in certain areas of the field was just going to either turn it over and give the opposition opportunities to get good territory or turn it over with a, a poor mistake and risk uh, leaking points. So they either reverted to, you know, aimlessly kicking um, or that error did happen. So... The thing that was probably the most refreshing out of the, the out of the, the whole entire night, because the rugby wasn't great rugby to watch, was the fact that there was some drama because the scoreboard kept us interested. Speaking of the scoreboard, championship minutes, the Chiefs won those, uh, you know, approaching halftime. Was it seven minutes into stoppage time? And to add a time in the first half, they end up finally mm. scoring. And then five or six minutes after that break... Uh, that, that, that that's given them enough runway in the at the end, but seven minutes of added time. Um, I'm sure that was hugely frustrating for the Reds to concede um, in that manner at that time. Yeah, it was, and, and they they lost obviously, um, which doesn't help when you're in that situation. A world class prop, so Taniela Tupo succumbed to a, a leg injury, and you know you lose his power. And again, his experience in that particular moment, that, that does not help the cause. And so then you bring a fresh prop on and uh, you have to survive what was really good captaincy and leadership, you know, from Jacobson. He just decided that he knew that they were down an experienced player. They could have banked three points um, because they had clearly not been down that, that area much, but he felt that under penalty pressure, which they were the Reds, uh, and the one positive for them in that entire half was their scrum. In fact, it was a massive positive for them the whole game. Uh, they dominated that area. They won penalty after penalty after penalty. And whenever they really needed to flex their muscle uh, and, and get out of a bad situation or put the opposition under stress, they went to that scrum. And you know, I, I probably thought a couple of scrums before uh, Cortez Ratama scored after that seven minutes, as you mentioned, into... The second half, there probably should have been a penalty try there. Um, just a couple of times, it was quite clear that the, if it hadn't been the Reds' indiscretion, that the try was going to be scored. And I'm thinking Angus Gardner should have gone to a penalty try way before the fact that the right. the the game got the game spiralled that far into the second half, into the first half. Uh, Justin, uh, you mentioned how dominant the Chiefs looked in the scrums, but also um, what I recognised was the Reds. I mean, they didn't really want to play with the ball in hand anywhere further than 35 metres out from the Chiefs' try line and just kept kicking. So that must put a lot of pressure on the forwards and their, their defence um, in the game because you're going to be putting in more tackles and towards the end of the game, fatigue will probably set in. Absolutely right. And isn't it funny that, 
you think tactically you're doing the right thing. And, and in theory, it all makes sense because they were coughing the ball up a lot. And you know, if you watch that game, it, it, it was very evident that the ball was slippery because players were making handling errors that you just don't see them make. You know, the, there's a couple of times, I think it was Hunter Paisami, the centre for the Reds, just he, he managed to catch the ball and he went to pass and it slowly just fell out of his hands. And you just don't see that. So... You know, it wasn't their their skill set or the fact that they were off any of the players. The ball was just super, super slippery. And unless you pulled it into your chest and held onto it, which takes seconds and seconds out of the game, which makes it hard in contact because someone hits you hard, the ball will spill out. Um, you don't. It's really hard to play under that capacity. But the reason I, I sort of started answering your question off the way that I did, which was, isn't it funny about the game when you? You feel technically you're getting it right. The Reds only really got themselves back into the game when they started to use the ball. They they actually started to phase a little bit because they were desperate. And so maybe the players' skills heightened a little bit. They knew that it was slippery, but they simply had to force themselves to think about catching it, to think about holding on to it. And when they started to do that, they looked much more dangerous. Like We spoke to Brad Thorne at halftime, um, uh, and, and he basically said, we're in the grind, we're in the grind. The question was asked to him about the tactics, which he didn't like very much, um, but he just said, we're in the fight. You know, we've just got to keep going. We've got to keep working hard. We've just got to keep tackling, keep tackling. And I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, but you've also got to, you've got to play. Get points. Um, got to get points. I just think they left their run too late. Well, you, you saw that with McDermott sparking that great try in the 52nd minute, finished off in the right wing. They, they were capable of, and, and maybe that's something they need to reflect on. Hey, Justin, we had a great sort of um, cathartic session maybe two or three weeks ago. We, we all aired our feelings on the rolling mall. Um, I, I'd like to uh, ask you, because I'm getting some strong feelings, and I don't know if it's just me and it's my hobby horse, the deliberate knockdown. There was a deliberate knockdown yellow card last night, which I, I, I know it's really hard to, to judge intent, but... But my natural reaction is, he, the guy's just stuck out his hand. Like, it's you're trying to contest the ball, but it's just now. Is it just now? Just an automatic yellow, Justin. No matter what. Yeah. Look, if it's in a situation, um, you know, where the, the defender is completely compromised and does stick out a hand. Uh, last night it was, you know, two, two and a half, three meters out from the try line. Um, and there's a probability of a try being scored, they're definitely going to go yellow. Look, I'm in favour of this particular law, and I always have been. I know what it's like when you're that last, second-last defender, whatever it might be. The opposition have done magnificently well. They've brought you you in, um, drawn you in, and all all that needs to happen is the pass be executed and, and the try is going to be scored. You can't make a tackle. Um, you're in between two defenders and you just stick out your arm negatively and knock the ball down. And, you know, for me, that, that's, a play, that, that's a desperation play where th- th- there's no, nothing else that's going to happen apart from the fact that you've knocked it on, there's going to be a scrum and, and, you're, and you've completely negatively stopped a, a, a really positive movement. So you're probably not going to get um, me supporting the fact that I think it's too harsh. Uh, we, and, and I really, it's probably the one thing, and I know we're talking rugby this morning, that I, I really don't like about rugby league, where they, they're actually able, when they get compromised defenders, they get stuck in the middle of a pass. They can literally volleyball slap it down or basketball smack it away. 
they, they, they're able to do that. And it's actually called good defence. And I'm thinking, that's good defence? Really? That's like um, an act of desperation and you've actually managed to just negatively have an effect on the game. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm always for that that law. I think if the, 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 the offence has uh, worked really hard to get themselves into a try-scoring position, um, you know, you're not allowed to do it anywhere else. You're not, you're not, you're not allowed to play the ball forward anywhere else in the game. Pass it forward, knock yep. it forward. Why should you be able to bat the ball forward? I, I don't understand why. And so I'm, I'm all for it. Okay, I'll get down off my hobby horse. You've <laughs> taught me down. You've taught me down. So thank you very much. We, we go to the second game, the Blues v. The Force. Another really tight one. But, gee, The Force started very well, didn't they, Justin? Getting out to a quick 8-0 lead. Yeah, they did with Manasa Mataeli scoring. Uh, they looked very, very good and dangerous. Their tempo was, um, I think, surprised the Blues. And they played in the right area. Uh, they had they, they had the Blues right under the pump. They had them penalty pressure early, and um, they just weren't coping. I think they were a little slow out of the gates. The Blues uh, and yeah, the Force got themselves on the scoreboard nice and quickly. Ironically, you know they went out to that eight 0 lead. The thing that hamstrung them the whole evening was their goal kicking. And you know I never liked yeah. the bad goal kickers because. Again, yeah. it's that, that it's something that I couldn't do, and I know what it's like to be under pressure. But you know, you, you fast forward the, the the misconversion there, which takes them out to ten, and then you go all the way to the micro minutes of the game when they scored two late tries, um, both of them, you know, fifteen meters to the right of the post, and while one was right and one was left, I think it was whatever it might be, very, very, very kickable conversions. Both of them were missed, um, and those four points ultimately were the difference Huge. in the game because, you know, in the dying depths, they got penalty after penalty where they could have kicked kicked the penalty to win the game, but ultimately exactly. had to try and score a try against the Blues. They went 26 phases to try and do it, but, man, you know, that that that, uh, that goal-kicking really, really came back to hurt them in the, in the later stages of the game. But the Blues really did spark into life after that, didn't they, Grant? Yeah, oh, well, the one thing I was going to say, I mean, the Blues did, did spark into life, but their lineouts, their their lineouts, I'm going to say, were monumentally flawed. <laughs> they, they kept <laughs> kept losing ball in the lineouts. So, what what does a team like the Blues do now, um, from now until the the, the next game, um, with their lineout call? And who's in charge of that? Is it the hooker? Is it just the ball that the the um the forwards are getting or the locks? Yeah, it's it's a work in progress for everybody. Uh, the hook, the hooker, obviously, is the thrower, but he's not the lineout caller. So whoever's calling the lineout, so I would have thought in that game it would have been Luke Romano. Uh, that's his responsibility because he had Sam Darry with him. So his leadership, I would imagine, if it wasn't him, it, w- it probably would have been Papali'i. But I'm guessing it was Luke Romano. Um, so then it's, the, it's about the, the thrower getting that right with the lifters and the jumper and then the core being in the right areas. Uh, so when that all doesn't function, um, th- th- there's quite a few elements that you have to piece together. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that was a problem like, for them. Is it like getting a shank in your golf and you just can't get it out of your mind? It goes from bad to worse. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it, yep. And then you start overthinking it. <laughs> You're not sure exactly where to go from there. So... Yeah, there'll be there'll be some chat about that and making sure that they they, they rectify that problem. But there were lots of things, um, in and particularly the second half, 
and the start that the Blues got that Leon McDonald will not be happy with. Uh, statistically, if, if you sat down, if you didn't watch the game and you pulled up the stats monitor and said, all right, I'm looking forward to this game, but I'm going to have a look at the stats and you tell me who, who wins this game, the Blues should have lost that game by 20 points. Well and truly, mm. they, they lost everything, a single statistic out there. I think the only one that they won was a tackle statistic where they made a monumental 220 tackles in that game. So, you know, they... they but, Justin, they, they, they've won this game. Yeah. Yep. They've won this game because they've got the better players, haven't they? And just the moment. So I'm thinking, um, you know, let's pluck out a moment, like uh, two of us are Sheik's offload, score on the right-hand side. That, that ability to, when you're not at your best, but you've still got more talent you ultimately prevail more, more often than not, right? Or am I synthesising that, you know, to, to a too basic level? Yeah, to, yeah you're, you're, you're pretty much bang on because they, they were much more effective at taking the moments that they got and they got yep. nowhere near as many moments in that match as what the force did. But they did nail down the majority of them and, you know, a couple of weak lapses as well. Uh, you know, the, the Kira Ioane try showed all his power and physicality, but a one-on-one tackle where he just bumped off the loose head prop and powered over close to the line. Uh, you know, the, there were stages there where they looked like they were going to run away with the Blues, but, man, they went missing big time in the second half and it nearly bit them and bit them hard. So it'll be a concern for Leon because, you know, that's two weeks in a row that they've really struggled because the Drua dominated them statistic-wise as well. They, you know, they just didn't have the nous to Drua to, to maximise their opportunities and, and coughed up a couple of basically intercepts. I think Ricky Ioane and AJ Lamb got two 80-metre runaway tries. That was really the difference on the scoreboard. So, you know, against two of the weaker sides, with the greatest respect to both of those sides in the competition, the other thing is the Blues missed a bonus point last night. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, 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 are, they are big big talking points for the New Zealand teams, making sure you secure that bonus point because they're all relevant and keeping yourself at the top of the table. So, you know, that'll be disappointing for them that they didn't achieve that, but they didn't deserve to, to be perfectly honest. I know that sounds harsh, but when you look look at what happened and eventuated in that game, they were very, very lucky to get away with it. You know, their defence in that last four to five minutes won them that game because they were getting massive amount of pressure applied on them. This is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show on SENZ. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow. And said Reese works for you. Justin Marshall is with us. I'm going to give you multiple choice, Justin. Three players in the blue setup. One you want to talk about the most: A. Finlay Christie. B. Roger Tuivasa-Sheik. Or C. The returning Akita Yuani. This might be a little bit loaded on my behalf, putting the halfback up top because I think that's where I'm trying to lead you. Um, but uh, of those yep. three players, who's the most topical? Well, Who do you want to discuss? Well, I think, obviously, the two, Roger, two of us, Sheik, is the one that most people would like to feel that is starting to make progress, and he's always worth a comment. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go down that pathway. And uh, obviously, you've got pre- He's picking B. Op- option B. Here me, we go. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's, he's progressing, I think, very well. Limited opportunities, injuries haven't helped. Um, uh, we talked about at the beginning of the year, the age is not on his side. He's sort of the upper 20s, so he doesn't have an, a long sort of run. But but he, he looks quite assured, doesn't he? My, my eyes telling the right story there? 
I watched him last night, and I, I was, uh, I made the comment. I was sitting next to, to Drew Mitchell. I said, um, "Hey, look, there, you see Roger Tuivasa-Shek here? There, I said, and you could see him. And I said that this is where he needs to just learn a little bit more about the game, and where he will eventually get the right mindset for where he needs to be. And it's, it was a situation where there'd been a couple of phases, and he found himself near the ruck, and he wasn't, he did, wasn't needed in it." And he was just, he was basically in behind where Finley Christie was. And he kind of, he took two steps forward towards the ruck and thought, hmm, no, I don't need to be there. And then he kind of looked to the left and looked to the right and thought, which side do I go to? And then he kind of sort of just started to make his way one way, but was a little bit of no man's land um, as a 12. And really immediately you ask any, you know, sort of outside centre, um, even, even 12, that, in that position, you're literally really making movements straight away when you know that you're not in the ruck to get your wits, to get to get yourself in the areas that you are going to be most effective. And he'll eventually get there. You know, like, as, as it played out, they moved the ball to the left and the ball ended up in Luke Romano's hands, who was third, third to last or second to last receiver on the left. That's where Tuivasa-Shek should have been, but he wasn't there. So... He'll he'll get that when he starts to understand where he's needed, but equally where he needs to work hard at, hard to get himself in the right positions where he can utilise his skills. When you see him in the, those areas, very very good. And he was in that area when he set up the try for AJ Lamb, got himself into that second to last receiver role, put a bit of footwork on, got an offload in the tackle. He started to grow from there. I think that really sparked his confidence. Got heaps of carries. Um, he nearly put Caleb Clark away at one stage um, in the game as well in the first half uh, and started to get back to what we saw glimpses of in that very first game of the season where he just started to express himself and play with confidence. I think he probably just gone through a period where he's been injured, um, you know, had a moment, you know, when he had that defensive lap, had a time to think about it, where... You know, in that first game, he just went out and played with natural instinct. Uh, he looked to me, especially against the Drua, just to be playing within himself. Um, the confidence came back after that offload last night and started to see his skill set. It's just about him recognising where it's best utilised, and I think he'll eventually get there. Justin, uh, some great insights into Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Uh, that offload that he had last night was unbelievable. But I, I wanted to um, look at more the the business side of things and just wonder, are there any murmurings in the rugby world about the Silver Lake deal and the stalling of it um, in provincial rugby land? Because that must be quite a bit of pressure on not only the provincial um, rugby teams, but the players themselves. Yeah, because what, the provincial unions have to vote, what, 75% in favour of the deal to go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm very well aware that they're they're sort of um, at a bit of a stalemate at the moment and and not successfully been able to get this um, across the line. Uh, I haven't heard um, anything, uh, you know, around the rugby circles. Uh, I obviously uh, have got my head around the situation to a degree. Um, I've I've always, right from the start, found this whole deal, um, you know, a bit convoluted, a bit muddled. There's lots of mixed information. You know, there was the whole situation where the players weren't happy. Uh, then the players in the union fell out, and then the union sort of were saying, "Well, the players need to realise the situation that we are in." And 
Um, I think initially, you know, the provinces were all for it and were all ready to rock and roll, and there were probably promises made. And now, yeah, that, that now that sort of there's something holding it back. So, yeah, look, I, I haven't got any insight that I can 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 help or give any information about, but it, it just it's just a bit messy at the moment, isn't it? And you know, big deals and transitions like this should be relatively smooth and and clear, um, but it just doesn't seem to be that way for some bizarre reason. Yeah, I guess I was just wondering from the players' perspective because you've got that going on mm. in the background and how uncertain the provincial unions are. But they're yeah, not, they're not like cricketers, mate. With all they talk about <laughs> cash. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> Should we get to our prediction time? Uh, uh, I'm just uh, conscious of running out of time, but Justin, it's 28 minutes after 10 o'clock. We've got to get to our picks, guys. Uh, democracy for those who who um, are not in tune to this little segment. There's three of us, and democracy prevails. Uh, we've got the Drawer playing at home against the Highlanders. There's no chance for the Highlanders. There you go. It's uh, it's all the ho- I'm the hometown kid. <laughs> Suva, baby. I'm I'm probably way off the mark though, Grant. Am I? I'm going Highlanders. Okay. I'm definitely going Highlanders. Voice of reason, Justin Marshall. Well, I've, I've actually gone the Drawer, and I, yeah! oh, nice. I did that on my um on my sense. Um, talent picks as well, so I've, I've got to kind of back that up by by not jumping the fence now, so the only reason I would jump the fence is because I heard a vicious rumour that uh, it's going to be raining in Suva <laughs> for this game, and it's been quite wet all week, which doesn't help the draw, I don't think, but I'm still going to stick by my guns. Okay, well there is that team that plays under a roof who probably doesn't play in too much water either. So, uh, oh, thank you, Justin, though. Thank you. Oh, good I'm good call. Waratahs for the Crusaders. Had a good chuckle when uh, Jack Goodhue was on with Smithy, I think it was yesterday, talking about, hey, the, the, the Crusaders dynasty is not in trouble. It's like, give me a break. They've lost two games. Like, seriously, people. <laughs> Let's not overreact. The Crusaders are just fine. Um, and they're going to beat the Waratahs tonight at five past seven, I think. Well, we don't even have to ask Justin. We know one-eyed yeah. can tap. Well, we'll train well, you. Going Canterbury. Okay. We're, locking, we're locking in the Crusaders, aren't we, Justin? Yes, we'll lock them in. Yes, we will. Yeah. All right, Justin, you can go first with the next one. Um, has He's just lost his draw. Uh, where has it gone? It is, of course, uh, the Rebels against uh, Moana Pacifica. That's later tonight at about quarter to ten. Yeah, another tough one. You know, a, a, yeah. a really curly one to try and sort of get your head around. Um yeah, Moana Pacifica will be the freshest team in the competition um, because they haven't <laughs> played any rugby, no doubt about it. Uh, and the Rebels without Tukumua, um, who got injured last week. Uh, I'm going to go Moana Pacifica. There you go. So I've gone for the two newbie teams in the competition, both winning on the same weekend. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting – I've got sunstroke over here in Australia. I'm not sure. Well, I think Hurricanes fans are delighted. Um, they they, they want to welcome in another group of fans who have experienced losing to Moana Pacifica. I, I feel like Moana Pacifica have had their game. They're at $2.80. I'm going to have to go for the Rebels. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm going the Rebels too, unfortunately. Yeah. Damn it. Good work. I, I, I don't feel good about that pick. I don't feel good about that pick. First time I've gone against Justin Marshall as well. Okay. And uh, the Brumbies up against the Canes. Um, it's not the first oh game of the week, God. so Phil Coons can't call the they can't call the Canes fat and out of shape uh, if they go one, down. Um, Brum, Brumbies Hurricanes, boy oh boy, I have no idea. That's a tough one. I have no idea. Um, I'll go the hometown hero. Um, I'll go uh, the Canes because I'm in Hurricanes country. That's it. Yeah, I want to I want to go with my heart here and say the Canes as well. 
Oh, so Justin doesn't even get a vote. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. You don't want to do the sensible Am thing I and sit, you know, go on the other side him? of the fence? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> please. Justin, please. No, yeah, no, I, I, I find this game really difficult to, to, to call, but uh, I always feel that when it's a bit like that, there's always a, a 10%, 15% advantage to the home team. So I, I swayed that way simply because of that, that the home team usually sort of have a little bit of extra oomph in them when it's a tight game. Well, uh, in seven days' time, Justin, you're probably telling us, I told you so, fellas, I told you so. Uh, thanks, Justin. Have a great week um, and really look forward to catching up next Saturday morning. Take it easy over there. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, team. Justin Marshall, uh, the former All Black uh, great halfback and, of course, Guy Sports commentator, joining us uh, every week on the uh, Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. And we always appreciate his time and his insights, of course. Uh, Reese Plumbing designed to help your business grow and succeed, Reese works for you. Uh, just repeating, um, it was great to see uh, back-to-back games last night with the Chiefs uh, beating the Reds by 27-25, to the Blues 22-18 over the Force Sitters. The Drew up against the Highlanders next at 4.35 this afternoon. Uh, Waratahs Crusaders later tonight and also Rebels Moana Pacifica with one game tomorrow afternoon the Brumbies up against the Hurricanes uh, you may want to make comment on the, the games you have seen last night and if I was to ask you the listener uh, to give you a multiple choice of those Blues players as I put to Justin Marshall Finlay Christy Roger Tuivasa Sheik Akira Iwani is the one you want to talk about a lot of people are talking about Finlay Christie as an all black halfback this year um, Roger Tuivasa Sheik of course is such a big name and it's uh, always, always so unique and fascinating to watch someone come across from rugby league and see how they settle in and someone who was uh, you know utterly the, the top of his game in uh, the other code and Akira Iwani returning scoring a try and, and we know maybe what a what a a big piece he could be for the All Blacks um, later in the year um, as a number six, number eight option for sure. Well, I've noticed in your notes that um, you obviously rate him because anyone that acronyms their name or um, or speaks about themselves in the third person, you know that they rate themselves. <laughs> so you obviously think he's he's a big thing. RTS over there. Well, no, it's it's time, isn't it? RTS. It's it's conserving paper. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes, see, I'm, I'm so, see, that takes a long time. That I, takes a long time to, to ride it out in full as I have. I will back you up, though, and say that he did look like the business. He hasn't had a lot of time on the field. And we, we spoke about positions and how long it takes you to get accustomed to your role in the team. And you have to have that positional play. So, yeah, he's someone to watch, isn't he? Lines are open, 0800 150 You may want to discuss uh, any of those talking points raised by Justin Marshall. It is the Saru Super Rugby Fan Show. It is your chance to join us. Love to get your uh, take on, on what you have seen uh, last night and what you're feeling about the games that were a little bit undecided upon this uh, weekend. Uh, speaking of picks, um, very interested to see how the team went in my absence last week. We'll find uh, that out after the break when we update our Reese Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition. That you are, Justin Marshall now in the rear vision and mirror. It is your chance to join us on 0800 150 811 in association uh, with uh, Reese, driven by quality. Reese works for you. Good morning, Dave. Where are you calling from, Dave? Morning. Oh, I'm in the truck uh, going between Auckland, heading south to Hamilton this morning. Hey, um, morning, oh, very Dave. nice. Hey, look, I, I, watched, uh, I watched the Blues game last night. Um, and they, they were so close to losing it, you know, game of two halves. Uh, Christie, I thought, was going really, really good, and then he threw a pass to uh, no one over the dead ball line, 
an international level, you're not going to get away with that. RTS, unfortunately, didn't play um, NPC last year, and it's it's showing. And I I worry yeah. about the amount of time he's got to get up to speed before, you know, we go to the World Cup. I've got a feeling he might be back in the NRL playing for the Warriors next year. And um, Whoa, that is a big yeah, call, Dave. I, see, I, I, think, I think he gets selected for an All Blacks uh, set-up this year. But, but I'm with you. I, I, I just think I'd feel more comfortable with a few more games up his belt. And, and that is a really good point about um, the lost opportunity yeah. of last year in the NPC. Yeah. When, you know, when Sonny Bill came back, he, they chucked him down to Canterbury. And, they had, you know, in that environment, he learned a lot, thrived, learned the culture, etc. And it turned out well for him, you know. He, he understood what he was doing before he got to the all-black level. I think RTS will get found out, you know, against the big French back line. Or even, you know, in July, when if the Irish send their top team, you know, that'll that'll be the proof in the pudding. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Canterbury hasn't lost their aura. I think they have, Daniel, a little bit. They're not. You know, they used to be the team that you looked up to to play the perfect game, and they're not playing the perfect game, but they haven't got their... As many expected players, they've probably got, you know, Jordan, Blackadder, um, you know, that, that some of their players are ageing. I don't think they're where they were, but they should do better today against the Aussie opposition. Um, the Canes yeah, I think win. only two losses, right? They lost to the Chiefs by three points. They lost to the Blues by a, a very narrow margin, I think four uh, points as well. That's the only blemish on their no. record. So, so maybe it's maybe, maybe David's. What you, you've had them at such um, a high level, um, as far as respect, you just don't think them what as unbeatable. Ah, oh, no, they they were lucky against the games. If, you, if the referee went upstairs and looked at that, we would have got a penalty and probably taken the kick. And yeah, they lost to the Chiefs. And they, you know, if you think back, they only won by three points against the Highlanders at home. They're not where they were, and they struggled last week against the Rebels. They, yep. They're definitely not where they were. They're a long way. All right, Dave. Really interesting points, my friend. Please drive safe. Please drive safe. Thanks, uh, really, Dave. really good to chat. Um, Dave on the road in his yeah. truck. It sounded like he was a Kane supporter as well. Yeah, and it sounded like so, Kane supporters to mention refereeing decisions oh. um, against <laughs> Crusaders. Yeah, but um, I, there, there is a book being published, I'm sure, right now by some, um, you know, cranky Hurricanes fan. Uh, we've got to take a break. We'll be back after this uh, with uh, an update of our Reese Super Rugby Fan of the Year um, competition and our own uh, glorious picking competition here at SNZ. This is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show, 14 away from 11. Uh, Reese Plumbing designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Double eight, double three. That's when you send your text messages to. Um, if the Highlanders qualify eighth and the Blues play like they did last night, they will beat them. Uh, unnamed texter writes. I tend to agree because I don't think the Blues were good last night. But I don't think that's who the Blues are. I don't think you can expect the Blues to play like that uh, every week. Yeah, but then again, I think at the end of the game, I always think it's not how you start, but how you finish. The character that they showed in 26 phases and then, you know, won that, that showed a lot of character. I mean, that I, I would say if I was the coach, that's what you're talking about. Not the line-outs, not the whole game. But that last play of character... That gives the team hope, gives them, you know, the feeling that they're all knitting together nicely, and that might be the turning point. It only takes one moment in a team for a turning point to happen. Did we tip the Blues, though? Ben Francis being our oh. Friday night tipper, because Grant and I, I hope, is returning messages. 
tip the Blues to beat the Force, do you mean? Did we last night? We did, did we? yes. But we may have... Yes, t- well done us. We may, <laughs> have, we may have turned wrong in the other game. And we might be advertising for a new producer. <laughs> Ooh, okay, well, I, I, I back our captain. How did we, we need to change captain? How did we get we that a, wrong? We need a new captain. The Chiefs we would need be, to talk about this after the show. The Chiefs would be one of our better New Zealand teams. He's outraged, isn't he? I'm outraged. You should return. You should reply to the. I messages. can't do this on air. I can't actually. I don't have any words for it. Things are getting very tight in the Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition. As the best of the best remain. Just to recap, we started with 1949, and then after a month and a quarter of them, we were um, we were down and left with just 489. Next couple of weeks saw the numbers slowly drop away, but after a couple of upset results, including Moana Pacifica's win over the Hurricanes, uh, saw the numbers dropped um, down to 59 over the last month. Uh, the fall has been slow. We had two straight weeks of 55. Yeah, it was perfect. 55 from 55. Impressive. Last week there were 53. We are now just uh, 52 people remaining heading into this round with a chance to win $5,000 thanks to Reese Plumbing. After a couple of promising weeks, the Saturday session standards have dropped abysmally, all thanks to Ben Francis, as they have uh, taken a tumble down our own table in the overall competition. We are now blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm not revealing that number. No, you've got to reveal 770th? It needs to be an investigation. Into Ben Francis. Yeah, <laughs> but what hurts more is our fall down the SENZ staff standings, uh, where we are just 57th. But still ahead of Izzy and Beaver. Oh, well, that, that's all yeah, right. That's, that's all we care about. That's all that matters. So am I getting this right, that there's 52 people now that have guessed every single fixture? No, one a week. No, just one a week. What, the, one a week, right? Oh, you, yeah. you get to... So they're still alive, and it's going to be tense in that race for $5,000, thanks to Reese Plumbing. Uh, Reese Plumbing, of course, uh, proud supporters of our Reese Super Rugby fan show, driven by quality. Reese works for you. Back after this break, it is uh, bang on 10 minutes away from 11. Focus and save that for after 11 o'clock, okay? I know you're disbelieving, disbelieving of, of what's going to feature after 11 o'clock on this uh, a wonderful Saturday session. Uh, but uh, we just need to remind uh, people that the Reese Super Rugby fan show rolls uh, between 10 and 11 throughout the season. Big thanks to Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. The action uh, resumes in just about five hours' time, 4.35. Wouldn't you just love to be in Super for that, yeah? Yeah, I mean... Despite the rain? Oh, it doesn't matter if it's raining. The vasodilation will keep you warm. There'd be a lot of carver going around. But, I mean, when you saw Tonga play against the All Blacks, um, you know, I think Fiji has similar passion for the rugby. And this is what a lot of fans have been crying out for for a very, very long time, is, is to have um, our island nations involved. And it, today feels like a very special afternoon. It does. Very proud heritage that they, you know, they, they save. And even though they might... A lot of the island um, that that come to New Zealand um, and make it their home, they still they don't keep that foundation or that you know that love for their country and the islands. That's what I love. It's passion. You can see they play with a lot of passion. Yeah, they do. And a sports fan, that's what you want to see. Big thanks to everyone who's contributed to the Re Super Rugby Fan Show for another Saturday. The Saturday session will roll on. Um, we've got speaking of the West Coast, the Reefton Kids on the program. Phil Jones, part of our Legends segment. Jonesy. Jonesy. Well, 
Rooster Kid. Mr. Jones to you, Grant. Mr. Jones. Uh, he's going to join us. Uh, Brett Kamala to talk our NRL. We've got a lot to get into in the next couple of hours. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.